Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bleak Haven. I am your host, The Birdman, and today we have quite a few people. It's our year anniversary, you know? It's we, our technically a year and a month anniversary, year. but we didn't remember that in time. You blew it. <laughs> <laughs> you officially blew it. But this is our, our celebration of a full year of the Bleak Haven podcast being on the air. Absolutely. Since we're all here... Let's go around uh, the table here. Let the children at home know who you are. We have me, obviously, the Birdman. And then to my right, we have... Stanley Bostwick. <laughs> it's like a message after the beep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a beep? <laughs> beep. <laughs> we got Alex. Alex is here. Alex is here. And uh, Donald. What's up, guys? <laughs> Sweet, sweet money magic. <laughs> yeah, you're you're looking at me for guidance. I have I have nothing. All right, let's let's go right into it. I believe Donald has some beef. Oh yeah, oh, oh, man, let's oh. talk about this. Donald, where's the beef? Birdman, I think it's uh, <clears throat> it's right in here, my my heart region. I'd say you have a problem, and you should probably go talk to a doctor. Yeah, it's generally not good. So, I don't know why, Birdman, but it took me a while to get to the uh, the podcast with you and Alex. It's okay. You can admit you don't like me. No, <laughs> so, I, uh, I think Alex is just saying that because I've been really nice to him today, <laughs> and he's unaccustomed to how nice I am. Um, oh, I see where this is. <laughs> but Birdman, listen, so, so the guy sitting to the left of me, also known as Alex, for those who aren't in the room, is a certified genius. So well-spoken, witty, and all-around intelligent. Uh, and uh, there was a moment in the podcast uh, when he explained his perfect idea of just an immaculate character based in one of the most fascinating periods of time in the world. And, uh, I don't know, Birdman, whoa... Do you, do you remember, remember your words? Then? Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I do believe I, uh, I said uh, Donald Ruse, eat your heart out, <laughs> uh, and I stand by my words. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Harry Potter competing against the alien. Yeah. <laughs> well, Harry Potter can suck it as far as we're concerned. But no, sorry, no, you, 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 you can't compare me or my ideas to Alex. That's just not fair. I'm not in I his didn't, lead. I don't, I don't know if I compared him. <laughs> I just compared my ideals. <laughs> I thought, I thought, hmm, we got, we got Erwin Stickler <laughs> or we got the Mothman. I'll go with Erwin Stickler on this one, which is really odd considering he was a Nazi at one point. <laughs> really makes you think. What kind of host these guys actually get for these podcasts? I have a lot of thinking to do. <laughs> hey kids, let's talk about war crimes. I mean, you shouldn't do them. They're probably bad. Good job, Alex. I agree with Alex. He's I'm on his side. You two are fighting to be clear, not Alex. <laughs> just work here. Honestly. Oh sure. <laughs> Sit over there. Like you're not guilty at all. But no, no, no beef. I just, uh, I think Alex is brilliant, and he's uh, great. And I really hope you edit this out, because it's garbage. I hardly disagree. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, we'll that see what happens on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Honestly, it was funny. I, I, just, I just felt really called out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like son of a gun. I was wondering if Bur- you were Bur- actually going to hear that. Birdman doesn't like my idea. <laughs> I thought it was okay. You know, I was like, it was a pretty cool idea. And then I heard his idea, and I was like, well, <laughs> we're comparing apples and oranges here. Right? They're like my children. Okay, let's be honest. You got Donald some pretty is, messed up children. Yes, my my two strange <laughs> children. I guess you're one of my children too. Oh, and children. we're all here together. Just and one big dysfunctional family. <laughs> send them back. Yeah, I didn't have enough dysfunctional family. I had to get another one. <laughs> Makes sense. I would get a refund for these kids. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> send, them, send them back to the adoption agency. What I can't get off my mind is the hundreds of people we invited to listen to the podcast to in the last three days oh, yeah. chiming in for this being their first <laughs> podcast 
They're just immediately checking out. Like, I don't know what I'm getting into here. I don't understand. Uh, we're just inside jokes. Phanix, though, that was today, end of today. So what were your thoughts, Alex? I enjoyed it. It was my first time, uh, so it was a bit of an experience. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. A lot of people talking with people, walking around. A lot of fun. You know, yeah. Donald, your turn to share. So, um, most of my time was spent at the booth, which was honestly incredible. If, if there was one thing I took away from this weekend, it was that Josh Bostwick has an imagination to change the world. And there wasn't a single person who approached our booth who wasn't just completely taken aback with how awesome the character designs were. Oh yeah, and just the art in general. Yeah, so that's that. that's really been our our strong suit so far, because as cool as our stories are, we still need a vessel. And and Josh's art was always what I had in mind for Bleakhaven as a whole. My question to you: How many people asked for issues three and four while you were sitting? Um, the- there were quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have a I have a pamphlet <clears throat> just, I that a I just order. wrote down all of their names on there, <laughs> so I can deal with them accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, so quite a few people are looking for three and four, and we're getting there. Uh, nice. It's it's a process, as everyone here is aware of. I'm just really excited to get into doing this, maybe not necessarily full-time, but more consistently. I'm really excited to get into the meat and bones, because honestly, Donald and Alex's story are so good um, and so important for dis- different reasons. I'm so excited to get in- into it. Not just theirs, Cassie's as well. I think that these stories are all important, and I'm really excited to just get into doing them more consistently and getting all this, you know, stuff out of the way. Maybe not necessarily out of the way, but more streamlined, so we can get to the point where we're producing a comic book at least every month. I mean, you should. That'd be great. I agree. Yeah. The coolest part about this year was this was our first year. It was really our year to, like, plant the seeds, get the ground root work in, get the roots going. And uh, if if it proved anything this weekend, just being at that table, it's that we really do have an audience and that people really do want to read what we're creating. Yeah. yeah. Just the responses of people. for One, for the cause that we're doing with Stand for the Silent was overwhelming. And then um, people's feedback with the characters and the stories that we're coming up with kind of validates everything that Cade's trying to create here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got so many signatures on that little poster there. Oh, yeah. Um, Donald, explain the poster. Yeah. Sure. So, um, Cade and I had this idea where... Okay, don't be modest. It was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we did the podcast with Kirk, first of all, Kirk's just a really inspiring guy. Like, what a model of a human being. And one of the things that he said, when he was explaining the message and the things that kids go through when they're suffering suicidal thoughts and going through that rough time in, in adolescence, is often they feel like they're alone. So what we wanted to do, and this was kind of inspired by other cons, because even if you're not interested in... Um, our giant skull of cutout or the prints that we have available, everyone is responsive to the message. And I say everyone, and there's always that cranky guy or two that just kind of glare at you and keeps walking. Mm-hmm. But, but most people have experienced either bullying or suicide to an incredibly intimate point in their lives that it's literally affected who they are and maybe the the course of their lives. So, everybody's interested in that point and what we're doing. But when, when children are going through that, they often feel alone and isolated. So, in making this This book, we wanted to have a physical representation of all these people we were seeing in the cons that that were moved by this, by affected by this. So we printed out a poster of Bert, and around the poster we had people sign showing that they themselves had been affected by one of these two problems in an intimate way. And we plan on either... I'd like to put it at the back of the comic. We'll we'll just see how it goes during the, um, the printing phase. But 
I really just want kids to see this. And as as Kirk would say, all of the people that signed this love you. Even though they've never met you, they care about you and they want you here. Because if somebody can hate for no reason, why can't we love for no reason? And that's what that was. It was just really cool. People were really responsive to it. It was really cool to see the interactions we had with people this weekend and seeing their interest in certain things and seeing all these different things really come together to give us the weekend we had. And another thing that we did was we had um, the marketing agency that works with Stand for the Silent at our event this weekend. So we had a new person every day and I I absolutely loved sitting there talking to all three of them. as Ken, Katie, and Brooklyn uh, were the three that came. So I was really grateful that they came and were able to help spread their own message and help spread our message and really cross-promote and uh, really ultimately do what we all want to do here, and that's help people. We're trying to do that through our own stories and artwork, and they're doing it by just the pure grassroots going out and talking to people, and I think that us coming together to do this was a really beautiful thing. Yeah, completely agree. I only stopped by the, the booth a few times. I mean, I didn't I didn't put in my time. It's okay, you were wearing the Bleak Haven shirt. I was wearing the Bleak Haven shirt. Yeah, that's what's so, important. That's, uh, absolutely. Caught his attention. He caught me off guard, that's for sure. <laughs> Snuck up. He did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and every time I stopped over there just to talk for like five or ten minutes, you guys had a, had new people coming by every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, this was the first event that we've been to that, like, it's been consistent. Like, I don't remember, I mean, maybe we went tw- 20-ish minutes without having people, like, it was fairly consistent. Somebody would stop by, we'd be talking about it with somebody, and like, and that was my, one of my favorite parts. That was probably my favorite part of the whole convention is, like, not necessarily... I wasn't necessarily concerned about selling things or, or pushing the prints. Like, I do that. I do my my spiel. Donald got really good at the spiel. He actually much better than I did, because a lot of the times I was sitting there like, I am so tired, <laughs> and I have to interact with another person. <laughs> But Donald did a really good job. He was like, hey, we got a spiel. You want a spiel? You want a spiel? (laughs) Everybody gets a spiel. Uh, He did a really good job. And I tried really hard to do uh, a good job with interacting with people. But, yeah, we had people coming up. And Bert really pulled a lot of people in because a lot of people recognize the Mothman. And they see his unique design again from Josh. It was just such a beautiful and, in my opinion, iconic design. Because we have had a bunch of different artists draw Bert um, and not one of them looks like the West Virginian Mothman he looks like Bert the Mothman mm-hmm. in all these different styles so it's all really cool I think we've got some really good eye-catching stuff and then on top of that we've got a good message after we pull people in I mean there was a lot of people that noticed the Mothman a couple of times well it was cool because like a lot of times there were people who wouldn't come talk to us but like i could overhear them in the aisles being like oh look it's a mothman or like bert the mothman you know like people making comments <laughs> yeah, and, right? and i could see people like making glances over our booth because we have these giant cardboard cutouts of our of our characters very unique and interesting designs <clears throat> talk to me about the uh the figurine guy oh yeah okay so not our next door neighbor, but a booth down is a was a guy who makes figurines. He makes like Dungeons and Dragons style figurines, and I went and talked to him, and he basically three D prints them with like a super fancy printer. It's it's all resin based, so it's not like the just plastic. You know, you can see the lines where it was printed and stuff. Like sure. they were mm-hmm. very, they looked like they were molded very properly. Donald's got one there that you can show off. Yeah. Best part of the podcast, show and tell. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So notice so, the dragon here. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're looking at this on your podcast, it's on, a dragon. It's on Spotify. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, he makes these figurines, we'll and I asked him to, to work on some Bleak Haven stuff, so we may have some Bert the Mothman figures here pretty soon. And more importantly, Skullvin. And Skullvin. I actually am super excited for Skullvin figures. Skullvin's been the dream since it was put on paper. 
I mean, Kid wanted an action figure of Skullivan since the brainchild was born. That's true. Before I even like, even before I even went to Josh for the concept art, I wanted I wanted an action figure. I I, I want to make Bleakhaven as tangible as possible. That's why I made cardboard cutouts. That's why I got a dragon helmet, which was also a big hit. That was another thing that like people came mm-hmm. up to, especially kids, like little boys. Loved that dragon mask. Yeah. They were like, look at that mask, it's scary. <laughs> it was great. And so I think that this, uh, these figurines will really help pull people in. And I'm hoping we can get them set up so they're on the website too, so people can order some. Come on, McFarlane. Hook us <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, and on the note of our neighbors... Uh, it was so cool how responsive the people around us were. The The ladies next to us just had uh, this, like, the coolest, like, crochet booth where they, like, crocheted, like, nerdy things. Like, they were adorable and, and cool. like, well done. But every time they got a customer, because I think they probably got more traffic than we did just because um, what they're doing is so popular right now. Every time they had a customer, um, they had been listening to our spiel for so long that they gave like their own version of our spiel and then told them to come talk to us. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, I, I heard. I overheard him a couple times. Like, oh yeah, they're Bleak Haven. They're doing you know anti-bullying stuff. And that, yeah, that was crazy. They were super nice ladies, and I don't remember their businesses right now. But I'll make sure there's links. So check the links in the descriptions for uh, their businesses. Man, yeah, we just had some great people around us, and we talked to a lot of great artists and a lot of. Cool networking things with um, a lot of interesting stuff to come. Not to break away from FanX in itself, but it has been like a year of this podcast, Yeah, right? <laughs> it's been a year. How far did you guys think this podcast, or not just the podcast, but like, did you, how far did you guys think this whole ordeal had gone? Well, let's put it this way. When we did our first interview, I told Kate I couldn't do the interview, because I hadn't done any work on this story yet. <laughs> the, the whole time, Kato's like, oh, he's got something great. He's working hard. I he was does. working hard. He did have something a, great. I had a lot of research it was and a, a lot baby. of ideas. Um, but at this point, we have a character. We've got a script. Um, things are really going. And um, with any luck at all, next month, we're going to have like a tangible comic book. The very latest next year. Mm-hmm. And um, golly, man! Just last year, we we didn't have anything. We had a yeah. book. Well, what, no. We when we started, book. when we started this podcast, we had a poster, and now we have um, a book, and now we're on the verge of having another book and another book on top of that. And one of the books has like ten to twenty thousand copies pre-ordered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be distributed across the country. That's that's insane. Yeah. Cassie and I have been working on this, uh, on Bleak Haven since about twenty seventeen. And so just to see how it snowballed from this point and Alex was there from the beginning and Donald was actually there from the beginning too. And just to see how it's grown from that point up until the point in uh, twenty nineteen when we started talking to people about it and telling people, yeah, we're we're gonna do an animated series, and then we're like, you know, we're gonna do comic books because that's a that's some way we can get more traction. And then us doing that and seeing the start of that to the next year, last year, where we had an actual business registered, and then in October we had our book, our first book, and then in November I met Walden Wong, and he. He was on the podcast twice now. Like, yeah, if if you want to look at the where we've been, look at this podcast. It's been like timestamps of our progression. Every person we've had on this podcast has had an amazing backstory and an amazing life, and they were willing to share some of that with us. And I'm so incredibly grateful for everyone who's appeared. You know, again, Walden, who is one of the most amazing artists and people I've ever met. And Kirk, who's one of the most inspiring men I've ever met. And Opie, who's so freaking amazing and and dedicated. Yeah, it's just been nuts. And all of us, you know, all the core team who's been on the podcast time and time again. That's... And, and all the people who have influenced us, like uh, we had um, Artie last time, and that was yeah. awesome. Got to check out some telebuddies. Yeah, some telebuddies. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's still going with those. Those yeah. are still awesome. Going those. <laughs> yeah. I was looking on Instagram. I saw he sent one to some dude in Australia, and he was all happy about it. I was like, <laughs> send him over here, man. <laughs> it's just crazy to, like, think back to where we started. And at this point, I'm just really excited to look back from next year. And, and just to keep going with that, all of the ideas we've had, because we, we initially started with the one idea of just Welcome to Bleak Haven, and then uh, I got Donald and Cassie to do other books with me, and I had a couple book ideas. And then as it progressed, I, like, I felt weird about asking people to join up, because I'm like... You know, this is a time commitment. I can't pay well right now. I can't, you know, I, I, I don't feel or I'm worried that, that it will be kind of insulting to ask them to be a part of it when it's has so little to show for itself right now. But within the span of a couple of weeks, I got like three pitches from several different people. And one of those was Eric. And Eric's been an amazing... Like it's blessing upon this journey as well. Like how much he's done for us, how much he believes in us. When in all reality, I feel like he doesn't have any grounds to do so. You, you know, <laughs> and Alex has been here since the beginning, but like I'm, I'm just super glad that he pitched the Irwin idea for me because I think that adds a ton of depth to Bleak Haven in general. And now the general Bleak Haven story is like an old man Irwin story and now we get to see all that context with with his history and the history of the world and, and the history of Bleak Haven's world and and I'm glad Donald's kept up with this because at, when I asked him to do Credence I had no grounds to uh, Donald told me this that I had no business doing comic books not at the time <laughs> but recently Donald told me I had no business doing co comic books but then he thanked me for it and that's how I feel about it now looking back like I had no business asking Donald to do the book I was asking him to do because he has a family he has a career and I didn't want to take anything away from him and now I realize that I wasn't taking anything away from him but I was helping him get so much more and on top of that, because he's done the work he's done, now we have the opportunity to be spread across um, schools in America. His stories, Josh's art, um, has the opportunity to not only be spread across America and the world with these 10,000 copies and the, and the more that will come after it, but we are doing real good there. We're going to have the opportunity to help people and children become better people and learn more about themselves and about the world. I just want to comment on, on what you just said, because something amazing about Kate is just his ability to believe in people. I'm not an experienced or an accomplished writer, and there is no way that I would have had this opportunity without Cade Boswick or Stanley Boswick, however we're referring to you. Rose by any other name. I, uh, <laughs> Cade's the one who found Stan for the silent. He's the one who reached out to Kirk. And when, when Kirk and he hatched the idea of doing this comic book, Cade could have easily just figured out a cool way, like maybe a new character or a different storyline and tied in these themes. But Cade believed in me enough to offer me this opportunity. There's nothing I did or could have done to put myself in the situation we are now. It is completely on the shoulders of Cade Boswick who gave me this opportunity to be right here because he could have um, asked somebody else, he could have done it himself, but he didn't because he's such a good guy with a huge heart and a big vision. And I might be hyping him up a little too much, but that's just honestly <laughs> how I feel about it. We're going to pile on. We're going to keep hyping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for absolutely. it. You should see his head right now. <laughs> it's filling the room. so big. <laughs> it's a big head. Now, I'd, I'd successfully say you're like the Terrence Stamp to our young guns. That's for sure, you know? <laughs> you brought together a group of remarkable people to do some. Uh, I agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. To do some, to you know, show off their own talents. You know, 
We got a lot of great writers. We got a lot of great artists. We got one podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) A fantastic podcaster. And, you know. Real, uh, real above average. Yeah. A podcaster. Real adequate at his job. (laughs) That's all that matters. It's like the Western Family Podcast. No, in all seriousness. I wish, I wish all but for you know that's a high standard, so you know, I'll take it. In in all serious though, Birdman, when you came to me to do the podcast, because this was all your idea, this wasn't my idea. Oh, I was getting saddled with the idea. Uh, <laughs> You're like, oh wow, of course it was his idea. <laughs> no, no, like I'm I'm grateful for it because I think it is a great way to measure our progress. Like, it's a little, kind of like a little journal every month. Like, right. we pick up a new person. We we get to see how our thoughts and feelings develop. So I am grateful you've put in the time and effort to do this with me and everybody else who's joined in. So I, that's a sincere thank you, all jokes aside. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I, more of my thank yous are just to everybody who's been on, who's all taken the time to be on my podcast and your podcast and come together and just talk about what they love to do. Everybody I've met on the podcast are just hardcore, you know, people who just want to do the things that they love to do the most, you know. Mm. Aside from like kicking other people down to get what they want, and you know, they've all been very good people. Yeah, I mean, amazing people. I've always said, you know, this this podcast is like the better half of my podcast because (laughs) all the other podcasts I do, it pretty much that's all I do is talk crap. They get weird, man. (laughs) Listen to absolutely, and they're meant to. (laughs) They're meant to get weird. I think I think Birdman's absolutely right, and what we've experienced this weekend is people. People responding to that sincerity because Cade Boswick is an amazing writer but he's not the best writer in the world you know what I mean like he's, just, he's just starting out um, he has a lot to learn mm-hmm. and, and I'm saying thing with everybody here you know like weird we'd be classified as amateurs but people don't respond to us as amateurs like we're starting out we're, we're at the beginning of this journey but there's so much sincerity and so much raw talent poured into this that people recognize what this is going to be. Nobody nobody came up to our booth this weekend because they knew who we were or they knew what was going on. Actually, that's not true. There's Except for the people who were like, where's number three? Yeah. But, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't even call us amateurs. I call us rookies at this point. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's probably that's a, better, a, a much yeah, better term. I call term. us rookies at this point. But people can see just by walking by and seeing the, the cutouts, the character designs by, by Joss Bostwick, you can just feel it. You can feel that there's something there. When Cade first asked me to hop on, and I know I'm hogging a lot of the airtime, so... We do need to leave time for Alex to hype me up. And oh, that's right. Me yeah, exactly. I mean, me and you hyped him up, but we need to yeah. we need to finally explode his head, and it's, it's time <laughs> for Alex right. to do Because so. Cade, Cade talked about um, in, in April of 2020 when he asked me to to start working on, on a series for younger audiences... At the time, I was making a pivotal decision of which career to go with because um, right now I, I'm working in the restaurant industry, but I was going to school um, to teach children. At the, at the moment, I was like, am I going to take time from either of these goals to, to work on this? And I was talking with my wife, and uh, do you think that this is worthy of sacrificing our time to do? And she just looked me in the eyes and she's like, Cade and Cassie Bostwick are worth backing. No matter what they do, they're going to make it. Because they just have that X factor. They, they know what people need. Not necessarily what audiences want, but what the world needs. And he's filling that hole. And as long as we keep pushing forward and we keep actualizing all of these ideas that we have, it's going to explode. Or Alex, no, Mike. Like before, before, <laughs> before Alex, I do have to say that, that that Cassie probably is the most important part of this. Um, my Cassie, not that you're Cassie. So our wives are both named Cassie, uh, <laughs> which gets confusing. Like we're in the same room. Your That's wife Cassie, Cassie is. 
your your wife Cassie has been amazingly supportive, and I'm so incredibly grateful that she sees our vision and is helping you as much as my Cassie helps me. Uh, Bleak Haven would not exist without my wife, and it's from me, but it's from both of us. She doesn't like taking credit or like being in the limelight, but I I do want to give her the credit that she's due. None of this is possible without her or her support. And I've told her a bunch of times, like, you know, I'm going to do Bleak Haven, and if it's not Bleak Haven, it's going to be something else. And I can't promise you money, I can't promise you a nice place to live, or any of that kind of stuff. What I can promise you is I'm going to just keep doing this. <laughs> it's it's incredible to have her by my side because she knows that and she's willing to stay with me no matter where we are and no matter what we're doing. So I just wanted to thank her for her support in everything she's done for Bleak Haven because she's seen me at my worst when it comes to Bleak Haven. I'm like, this is all garbage. It should go straight in the trash. I should settle down at a desk job and wish I was dead for the next 50 years. But she's she's pushed me through those times and she's supported me through those times and she shared the best times with me. So I just wanted to shout her out, and now Alex can talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with what everybody else has been saying, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here either. <laughs> I don't go out and talk to people and, like, find people, but, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for staying here, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you are because, like, honestly, you uh, Alex and I met met at a restaurant uh, while we were working there together. So I was a, a delivery boy, and he was uh, promoted the head chef without knowing. Um, <laughs> <That's a little laughs> frustrating. <laughs> so, Surprise. Um, and so yeah, we worked. We we spent a lot of long nights together doing dishes that, at the dish pit. And so we became really close friends, and actually, again, through Cassie, we started playing Dungeons & Dragons together, and that kind of helped fuel our friendship past that restaurant's lifespan. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll blow up Cassie, too, because, I mean, if I didn't go to high school with Cassie, I would never have met any of you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can sure. wholeheartedly say that. Maybe I would have ran into you on the street and been like, Get away from my car. <laughs> that one's shifty over there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who is one of the first people to really recognize Cassie's contribution? Not not that you didn't for the whole time, but yeah, you yeah. did. But, but outside, somebody, somebody on yeah. the outside who, who recognized how important and influential Cassie's been in all this is Walden Wong. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was so cool. It was so important to him that he recognized Cassie for all that she's done and her, her part in it, and that was really touching to hear um, in in that first episode that he was in your podcast. Yeah, um, just this this professional who had no business talking to us. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's how yeah. I feel about everybody that comes on the podcast. <laughs> Could have just been like, "Sure, I'll do your commission," and then that's it. No, Walden is but, an amazing person. But, but he, person. he knew. He knew how yeah. important she was to all this. I'm grateful for everybody who shows Cassie that respect because Eric and his daughter also, the rogue trader, if you guys don't know, um, our first event, they made Cassie a Dungeons and Dragons dice roller um, with uh, the skull of an image in it. And then uh, they made a custom resin dice set with the Bleakhaven symbol in the D20 and uh, a little like blue casket thing that uh, is holds the dice and they like gave it to her our first event and they're like we don't think that anybody is going to give you the credit you deserve so we wanted to give you something nice mm-hmm. and that was one of the most touching things I'd seen in a, in a long time so I'm very grateful for everybody recognizing Cassie because she'll, she'll never ask for it herself she hates being in the limelight so I'm I'm also curious to see how she's going to react when she listens to me edit this. <laughs> it's okay. Fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, hey, don't listen to this part. <laughs> yeah. It's been crazy. Been a, been a crazy great journey so far. Can't yeah. wait. Can't wait to see what we all have next. Yeah.
Well, like I said, I just I can't wait to be sitting down and doing another one of these in a year, you know, podcast, another anniversary podcast yeah. to see yeah. where we have been and where we're going and and I'm I'm honestly really excited about the future. I think we've got some really promising things on the horizon. The past few months have honestly been difficult for me with Bleakhaven with a lot of different issues coming up, but it just feels right now like we're in the forging fire like this is the make or break time like if we can survive this section of of difficulties then we're gonna be okay i i think a lot of that comes from just the open possibilities of all this like it's not failure that i think is the hardest thing to overcome i think really it's success because the more successful you are at something the more expectations open up. And those expectations can really weigh on you. And at the beginning where we've been, nobody's expected anything. But now going forward, we're making a name for ourselves. We're putting ourselves out there. So our neck is literally on the line. And um, I feel this personally because as we're moving forward, this is becoming more and more real. And the possibility of me needing to leave my job is more and more real. I mean, we're, we're not um, equitable yet. We're, we're, not, mm. we're not to that point, but we're trying to be. In the entire art world, no matter what you do, if you keep trying, eventually you break through. So as we get more and more serious about this, I have to keep realizing that someday I'm going to have to make the decision whether I continue on in the career I'm building right now or do I go away with Bleakhaven. And that's terrifying because I obviously want to do Bleakhaven. But the career I'm doing right now is the one that's putting the roof over our head. And I think that's the moment where you really have to ask yourself, how badly do I want this dream? Because it's going to happen... But do you take that step into the desert without knowing what's going to be on the other side? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm honestly really excited to, to see what's there. And I think we, we have the right people to get there. I agree with that. I think with our collective talent, and, and like we were talking about earlier, it's not like we're, we're the best of the best. We're not amazing people. Like I said, we have no business making comic books, but that's what we're doing. We're only going to get better at it because everyone on our team is dedicated to getting better, no matter how painful it is. And as great as like the story and like the character concepts are, we all have to admit right here that the art of Bleakhaven is what's carrying all of this. Yeah, it's true. No one would be nearly as interested yeah, in this if it wasn't for the art of Bleakhaven. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's so cool. It's yeah. so creative. People are so responsive to it. Yeah. Everybody who came in, no one no one came to the booth this weekend like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. You know, people, people always say, this is amazing. This is incredible. What were you guys thinking? Like, mm-hmm. what is all of this? And the art is, it's eye-catching, it's creative, it's... It's different. It's so good! It's, it, it is. It's and everything it really, is. The best part about the art, in my opinion, is it is only going to get better. Because I know Josh is dedicated to getting better. Josh has been trying to prog- progress and master his craft his entire life. And I'm really excited to see where he is, you know, ten years from now. I honestly can't believe that that he's he's with us. Yeah. You know, like how lucky are we to have an artist of his caliber breaking this forward? Um, so my my wife is an artist. She she got a degree in fine art. She won't stop talking about it. <laughs> um, every time Josh creates something, she spends the next thirty minutes telling me why it's good. And then um, we we go on Instagram, we we check out um, DC and Marvel and what they're doing now, and the greatest thing about Cassie's mind is she can tell you why his stuff is better than the stuff that's coming (laughs) out now. And completely apart from the idea that Josh is making this stuff up, 
This mm. is coming from his head. Mm. He's taking these ideas and giving them form, letting them walk into reality. He's bringing this world to life. Like, this world, you know, came from us. You know, aspects come from me. Aspects come from Cassie, Alex, um, Donald, and everybody else who's worked on it. Uh, Cassie's brother worked on it a lot, too, and I don't want to leave him out here either. He, he doesn't really write, so he's not, you know, pushing forward with us. But we all have all these ideas and, like, are expecting the the world in our, our head to be a certain way. And then Josh is the one who actually pulls those ideas and brings them to life. And I think that the best part about Josh's designs is they're never the way we expect them to be in our heads, but they're always the way they need to be. And I think that's the key to our designs is because Josh has made Scullivan into who he is because originally my Scullivan idea was like a full-bodied uh, bone sort of thing and like just pure bone armor and like big spiky teeth and kind of like a venom or anti-venom sort of feel. And then Josh took that idea and then we talked about it at length and went through a bunch of different designs and we decided ultimately that the bone highlights would be better just to simplify them and and I'm glad we brought Scullivan in the room because he's like a testament to to what we've been doing. We have this cardboard cut out of Scullivan and he's just, he's, he's one of my favorite things because I can look at him and I can see where we've been and I can see where we're going and his design and the design that Josh put him in is only vaguely what I had in mind originally, but it's light years better. I just want to shout out to my inspiration in all this, like looking at where we are, is really the creators of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> because if you look at that first comic, it doesn't scream professional. You know, it is it is not the finest piece of art in the world. Like it was almost clunky in the design. Like beautifully so. Yeah. But Ninja Turtles is one of the biggest I'd say franchise. 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 Yeah, yeah, one of the biggest franchises yeah, in the absolutely. world. Yeah. And 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 it came from this comic book that these guys made just to make each other laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And and I honestly feel like that's where we're coming from. You know, like, we just made something honest, something that we care about. We're fans of it. Like, I'm a big nerd in general. Like, you guys are sitting amongst, you know, a collection of DC, Marvel, Star Wars stuff. And I love Bleak Haven just as much as I love that other stuff, if not more at this point. And, and, and that honesty, that, that fun creativity, that's what's going to make Bleak Haven big. Not because it's technically amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't going to be um, using Bleak Haven as examples in 50 years of how to write or draw perfectly. No, well, they might. But so. but our <laughs> hope is that in 50 years, I'll say, hey, that's people cool. bring it up and be like, this is one of my favorite we'll stories. It. Like, they, you can feel Bleak Haven, and that's why it's going to succeed. Well, I mean, it's you go into it, and it's like everybody loves every aspect of Bleak Haven. I mean, there's not a single person in here, in this room, or out of this room, that doesn't care about what's being produced, or what's out of booth, or any of it, Mm -hmm. you know? We're not pushing it for the money aspect, we're pushing it because it's great. And you know it's great, and when you know it's great, you want to do whatever you can to push it forward. One of my favorite things about talking to people about Bleak Haven is the fact that, you know, you can talk long enough about it, if you can talk long enough about it, you're going to find something that catches their attention. And that's how I really started out thinking that this was an idea worth pursuing, was I remember, you know, telling somebody outside of our immediate group who was working on it, uh, Chase, actually, who is also on the team. We went to film school together, and he has a lot of really amazing uh, film skills. Anyway, Chase and I were talking, and I was talking to him about Bleak Haven, and, you know, he was being like, oh, that's kind of cool, that's neat, and, you know, and then I got to 
Um, I don't remember which character. It could have been the priest or Scullivan, and he was like that. Like he he like his eyes lit up, and he's like, "Tell me more about that specifically." And I found that with a lot of other people, because, like, you know, I've talked about it with people out of politeness, and they'll just nod along, and then I get to something, and they're like, that, tell me more about that. It, that's been something that has really made me feel like Bleak Haven is something worth pursuing, is there is something that I believe can grab the attention of anybody. And it's all different for everybody, but there's something for everybody. I mean, honestly, that's the best part about it all. You know, you're not going into it expecting one character and one storyline. You go into it and expect nothing. You expect uh, to pick up a book and read. That's what you expect to look at. That's honestly what probably got everybody here into comic books. It wasn't just, oh, what's Batman up to? It was like, who's Batman? <laughs> you know? <laughs> or at least it was for me. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, that goes back to Josh again for me. Josh really got me into comic books originally. I just remember going to his house and like reading through, probably ruining a bunch of his books. <laughs> Hush was my first big like comic book that I read through, and I wow. I still love it. What a good comic book <laughs> yeah. to be your first? Serious. Mine was Ultimate Spider-Man. Hey, me too! <laughs> See, you're bonding now. <laughs> His Erwin Stickler's still back. <laughs> oh, man. No, no that, that's definitely what got me into it. I mean, I didn't really get into comic books until until that, until, like, Ultimate Spider-Man. I, I'd been a big fan of superheroes since I was a little kid. My dad... Showing me like the original 1978 Superman. It's till the still to this day. He hates superheroes. He hates them. But that movie, he'll turn it on every time it comes it. on, just because of how great that movie is. It's um, a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that this has just been for me an evolution of my love for comic books and stories in general. Because a lot of the stories we have involve mythology and. And old stories that have kind of been not necessarily forgotten, but are outside the public view or the mainstream. And so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of bring some of that back into pop culture and, and base these monsters and creatures and things off of these other old stories. And speaking of the artists who bring it to life, Rufus has done quite a bit for us, too. I know we've been, you know, like almost an hour into the podcast. We haven't even mentioned Rufus. But uh, Rufus has also done a, a really good job of bringing a lot of this world to life. And I'm, I'm grateful for him and Josh for putting in the time and uh, effort they have to put that first book together and to make it worth what it is now. And I, I'm really excited to move forward and see how it all comes together. Who knows? Who knows what's in, in store for the future here? Obviously, you do. I mean, for the stories, yes. Yeah. <laughs> for how those stories will unravel, I am not sure. I'm glad we're. I'm glad we're together. I'm glad that like we have a team to move forward because I've tried other ideas too. Like this, Bleak Haven's built on the back of um, maybe not an incredible amount of failure, but it's built on the back of failure, and it's built on the back of things not working out. You guys were all there for other ventures I've had. Um, that didn't pan out, you know, Miniature Giants, Stan and Griff. There's a lot of stuff that was like, eh, that's really dumb. <laughs> hey, Miniature Giants is before its time, all right? That's, that may be true. Uh, <laughs> I've molded my entire podcasting experience off Stan and Griff, so don't even put that on me. So, so, so when's the next episode coming out? Actually, um... I, I wouldn't mind going back to Stan and Griff. Stan and Griff was a lot of fun, and it helped me learn a lot of filmmaking techniques and storytelling, even though I think it's hot trash now. <laughs> hot trash is better than cold trash. It's oh, true. Yeah. To be uh, 100% candid with you, I did run into Griff at Comic-Con, and we were discussing re-dabbling uh, in the, the Stan and Griff franchise again. Who? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's actually how Birdman and I met was through Stan and Griff. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, we were talking about our podcast at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I think I think what me and you really bonded off of is uh, filmmaking in ourselves because yeah. you obviously went to school to, well, to you do were... that stuff and I didn't so it was I wanted to figure it out. I wanted to have more people than just you know. I didn't have anybody who would talk to me about that stuff. I well, mean, I'm glad you got you like hopped on because I think like the the proper way we met is like. Cassie and I were trying to revamp uh, the Stan Griff brand a couple years ago and before we got married. And uh, when we were doing that, Cassie took over the social media and she did an amazing job. And, like, you were the one person that was always, like, commenting and, yeah. like, like, who's this Birdman dude? He's, like, <laughs> he's involved. He's invested. Absolutely. And, and so that's how we really, like, started talking was after that point and, like... I think you came over, I remember the first time you came over, Cassie's like, I don't think I have ever had a full conversation with Birdman. Never. I don't remember his full, his real name. Nope. And <laughs> nope. None of that's important. We, we, we went through school, we passed each other through school that entire time. Never had a, like, I think we would just be like, hey. Acknowledge hey. each other's existence. That was it. That was the, yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I. I saw Stan and Griff, and I thought, you know, like, hey, there's someone else I know that's, you know, or at least popping up. It was like, I was in the middle of getting our, or me and uh, Rooster's first podcast off the ground, you know, the Birdman mm. and Rooster show, which is still going strong. Yeah. I, actually, I want to start a, a toy review podcast with Walden, because <laughs> we talked a lot about those before. I, I just, I want to start a podcast, period, with Walden. Like, so I want to hear all of, like, the little backdoor, like, stories that happen with him and all the other writers for all the big Speaking of Walden, Kate Kate was telling me about a, a conversation he was having with another industry artist today, mm -hmm. and Walden came up organically. Tell tell me. Oh about well, that. I was um, Josh and I were talking to an artist, Matt Banning. Bat is he, that's what he like goes Bat, by. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, I mean he's done a lot of work for a lot of industry stuff. I think he's primarily an inker, but Josh and I were talking to him uh, because. Josh's favorite comic book was one that he was involved with the creation with, and that's what got Josh into comic books in the first place. We were talking to him, and he we were, we were talking. He brought up Walden as another inker, and I like I was able to like smoothly bring up Walden again because I'm like, <laughs> oh, we actually know Walden. We were able to talk to him, and I was able to be like, yeah, I really appreciate how you and Walden and a lot of the other professionals I know like talk about how you're never done learning that sort of thing so I thought I was pretty smooth <laughs> yeah and all of a sudden he's like no I'm done learning <laughs> no he was like he was totally agrees he's like I'm not done and he, he in fact he was talking about how um, a lot of his peers are like talking about moving on and and uh, retiring and he's like I don't want to there's no reason for me to retire I mean I go around to conventions and then I I draw and I try to do better at what I do and do more of what I do. Why would I want to stop doing that? Why would I want to stop progressing? I thought that was pretty cool. Better just, you know, doing something that you love to do. I mm. mean, who wants to retire from that? But isn't it cool how, like, Walden Wong, a man so respected in the comic book industry... Has even given us the time of day. <laughs> more than just let the alone, time of day. Let alone, he, he literally promoted us to, like... He still does. He still yeah. promotes us everywhere. And I'm just... It's insane. And, and that kind of goes back to the art. He just loved the character designs that have, that have been created for Bleak Haven. Yeah. Mm. And it's reeled him in. What I'm excited about, Tome of Daniel Blake. Eh? Well, yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about that. First episode will be out soon this week, and I am super pumped for it. Alex actually helped us come up with the idea, so I, I'm like the main writer, but Alex came up with the concept itself. So, Alex, tell us about that. Yeah, give us that money magic, man. If you're like into the 1930s. Which, you know, some people are. It's their thing. <laughs> like, old gods, kind of H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Then you'll dig it. You yeah. Know? And where did the idea come from? It uh, was... 
I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. Um, but <laughs> the concept really came from just like a love of Lovecraftian horror kind of stuff, and just like those kind of stories. I think that there's a big difference between Bleak Haven and Lovecraft because I think the inherent horror from Lovecraft is that there is no hope. Like, everything is inevitable. And it's, you know, there's this crushing uselessness of mankind that is just completely inevitable. On the other end, Bleak Haven is kind of the opposite of that. It's no matter how dark things get, there is always hope. And nothing really is useless. Like, even though it feels like it. So, in a sense, Bleak Haven says that the Lovecraftian horror is kind of a lie. There is that that threat from the villains and stuff that, oh, you're useless, you're pointless, and, and this is a crushing, inevitable thing that's going to happen. But in all essence, that, that is a lie in Bleakhaven, because every everybody is important, and everybody's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that's the distinction between Lovecraft and... Bleakhaven, but I have a, a love for the Lovecraftian stories that uh, has translated into those stories, and the Tome of Daniel Blake, as I've written it, is kind of an homage to that, as well as like old uh, news serials, not news serials, but the old uh, story serials on the radio, that sort of thing. Anyway, I'll let you speak now, yeah, Alex. No. You explained it real well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also just really like audio dramas, so I'm a big fan. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait to see what we do with this. It'd be great. What kind of audio dramas have you listened to in the past that are similar to this? So, my so dad was into, like, a lot of the old-time radio, so I've done, you know, just all that. All those old serials, all the old Superman. So, so, so talk to me like I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, just hypothetically, <laughs> like, Donald doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, so back in, I believe it was the 1930s, uh, the guys that did Superman, they just had a, like a, I believe it was weekly, sponsored by Kellogg Cereal. They would do yeah. an audio drama, and it would just be, you know, Superman going, doing his thing. They had... I believe Batman and Robin came in a little bit later on that, but yeah. So and there's the, that, uh, and then you had kind of your... The Shadow Nose. Yeah, the Shadow. The Shadow. And then that was sponsored by Cole. I don't remember <laughs> what kind of Cole. But yeah, then you had that, and then uh, Star Tracy. Wars. If you haven't ever listened to the original Star Wars audio dramas, they're great. They're amazing. They're so good. So, actually, with the deep fake that they did for The Mandalorian... They said that they basically just fed a, a bot um, the the Star Wars uh, radio shows, yeah. and that's how it produced Luke's voice for the Mandalorian. Oh, oh wow! That was Mark that's Hamill really cool. too that right. did the voice for yeah. both. Yeah. Because they needed a, a young Mark Hamill, and so that's where they got all his audio dialogue. Huh. So so the the computer could match all the um, tones and. Um, variations of his voice, so because uh, the the dialogue in Mandalorian, not real. Mm-hmm. It's computer generated, but it uh, the computer wow. used the the audio uh, drama for the Star Wars to create that dialogue. Really I thought wild. they wow. hopped in a DeLorean, went back, <laughs> picked I, up young Mark Hamill before the car crash, and just went for it. I don't. Uh, I, we don't have that technology for uh, no. the Tome of Daniel Blake. Nor do we need it, though. Really? So. But, yeah. I, I was naive. I thought Mark Hamill was just like talking in a soft voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've listened to those Star Wars audio. Yeah, you guys gushed on the podcast yeah, about it before, <laughs> without bringing up our own audio. Yeah, yeah. 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 right. We're on top. Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. and, and I do want to clarify that the tone of Daniel Blake is like a hybrid of audio drama and audio book because it to give the the short pitch basically somebody finds the journal of daniel blake in the modern day bleak haven and it goes through like the 20s and 30s of this parapsychologist paranormal investigator and his assistant and other you know oddballs they pick up along the way so this character is a character, and that's where the audio drama kind of stuff comes in, but he's also making these recordings to uh, record the book, so that's why it's kind of a half audio book, half 
audio drama. And I think as it progresses, it'll become more of an audio drama and less of an audio book. But I think that's just going to be the nature of how it plays out. Absolutely. I mean, the the first two episodes are, are up. Well, it's more well, of a pilot. The pilot. <laughs> yeah. Proof of concept. Yeah, proof of concept pilot. Um, we made some changes, and we're going to move forward with those changes, so the first, first episode comes out this week. So, Kate, what did, I, I know this is Birdman's job, so I'm so sorry. That's no, okay. I'll step on his question. toes. Kate, what are you looking forward to most about the next year? Like, like, what do you think your highlight's going to be? I think that the highlight is just going to get um, your book out. I think that's the big one. I think seeing the difference that that book is going to make specifically, I think that that's our next year. Um, honestly, that book might be the most... It's definitely one of the most important books we have and we are going to do because of the, just the nature of what it's for. But I'm really excited just to see how that impacts the world and how that affects us in terms of visibility and being able to push these other projects forward. Because, like, Alex's uh, comic, my comic, The Priest, Cassie's comic, Marks, um, and all the other comics we have in development right now, it, it all kind of just hinges on getting noticed and getting the distribution. And I think that I'm really excited to see how Credence Number Zero affects the world, so we can continue affecting the world. Alex, what do you? What are your your things? Yeah, I just want to see. I want to see these books get made. <laughs> that's all. I want to be able to actually like read them and hold them. I like, just that's can't wait. The best. <laughs> Birdman, what are you most excited for? Uh, well, uh, obviously I'm excited to do another year of podcasting. I always love podcasting. It's my favorite thing. But uh, I'm also super excited to actually get to do some voice acting, some narration for first time ever. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great, yeah. Birdman, just to cement some ties, no BS here. I'm honestly a fan. Like, I really like these podcasts. Because I, I forget when they come out. I don't know if there's, like, a, a steady schedule. When uh, we do monthly. That's about it. <laughs> I work late a lot. And uh, I'm always looking for something to listen to. And the first thing I check, which is funny because it's weird that I missed Alex. But I think it was just kind of a crazy month. Yeah. But um, I always check Bleakhaven first because I genuinely want to listen to it. And, and part of that is probably just self-aggrandizing because I'm part of it. <laughs> sure. But uh, I think you do a great job and you're, you're really entertaining. So th thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I've, I'm the same way. I, uh, I work all night as well. So, I mean, I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I, I mean, I, I, I woke up one day and I thought to myself, you know, I listen to podcasts all the time, but why don't I do any? You know, I obviously talk way too much, and uh, I really, it's nothing important that comes out of my mouth, so I always thought, you know, uh, it'd be funnier to record it, you know, in the future, you know, I can always look back and think to myself, wow, I was really young and naive, <laughs> and the older me will look at it and be like, no, I'm really older and naive, <laughs> and uh, no, no, I, I appreciate it, I I thoroughly enjoy doing this. I not just a hobby for me at this point. I enjoy it too, Donald. You didn't answer the question though. So answer you know, the question. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know your place. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked about this a lot. I think that a pivotal moment for Bleakhaven is going to be when we complete Welcome to Bleakhaven. I feel like that's going to be the tipping point. That's when we're going to start getting um, distributors. That's when we're going to start getting attention. I think when um, Welcome to Bleak Haven is finished and we can compile that into a trade, um, hopefully that happens next year. But that's everything I'm anticipating for, for Bleak Haven. I'm really excited about my book. I'm excited where that goes. But as a brand and as a, a story altogether, I feel like that's it. Once that's done, all the other stories we have are, are going to actualize and, and come to light. 
Mm-hmm. But but that for me, I think, in my poor prediction, um, is going to be the most important thing for Bleak Haven. I'm excited for when we can finally do that trade. <laughs> It'll be nice. I thank all of you for being here on the podcast. I hope we all get to come back next year and do it again. Much grander, much better. I hope we've gone farther. I hope we've made that cheddar. And if we haven't made that cheddar, we've, you know, we've we've walked made away memories. with... Yeah, even better memories. Our friends along the way. That's yeah. the real trend, cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> the friends we made along the way. A house full of cardboard cutouts. <laughs> exactly. Nothing but character heart, character cutouts all around this place. That's all I want. I want a museum. I think this will be our podcast for today and um, I've been the Birdman. I thank you all. See you next time.